Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and a <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. Razorback Nation, welcome in to episode... 23 of the Hog Talk Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside my right-hand man, Porter Hayes, and we thank you, as always, for listening. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen, we are there. And while you're there, if you could please be sure to give us some star power and a written review to help us get our name out there more to reach more people. And Porter, we said it last week, but man, it is finally here. We have reached game week. We are less than a week away from the Razorbacks kicking off against the Georgia Bulldogs. And I can't repeat it enough. You know, we've talked about it in the group text. We've talked about it any time that we've talked on here. We made it. And I know that we've only been able, we've only been having to put out content once or twice a week, as opposed to some of the radio shows, not just in the state, but across the nation who have to figure out content for three hours a day, five days a week. But it's been tough for all of us, but man, we have finally made it and it couldn't feel better. Yeah. And here's the deal. We've been putting out our content. We've been able to do our jobs, but man, this is for the fans, you know, for the fans that have been waiting so patiently for football to come back. And, and they're having to watch other conferences and other games. They're having to sit there and watch UCA and Arkansas State play, and biting at the, you know, now they can really say, all right, game week's here. We're, we're excited to have football back, and it's Georgia week. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we've had a couple of games here over the last couple of weeks. As I, as I stated on last Monday's show, UCA and Austin P got it started off. And we've you and I have been covering some high school games around the state. And first of all, speaking of high school, uh, man, Arkansas, the, the state overall uh, just had an incredible week. Starting off, I was actually at the the Trinity Christian Bryant game on Friday night. An incredible one to cover. Bryant looking like it was just going to be another week for them. They got up twenty eight to six, and then Trinity Christian went on a a thirty four to ten run. Bryant ended up winning. 44 to 40. And another big one was PA over, I believe it was Life Christian out of Virginia. That school has, they're basically the IMG. It seemed like that's what Barry Grooms from Hootons compared it to of Virginia. And I want to say that they, out of their 22 starters, 17 of them have a D1 offer. And in the first half, PA had five turnovers and they still were putting up points, ended up winning the game. Kevin Kelly's just done a What a a phenomenal job. We talked about that a few weeks back when we talked about coaches and and rivalries and dynasties within the state. But uh, just an an amazing job, what he's been able to do, not just in the state of Arkansas, but out of state with the teams that they've played. I know they've played uh, a couple of Tennessee teams over the last couple of years, including last week. And uh, but it wasn't just those. And we'll get we'll get into the Brighton Trinity Christian and the PAs, but also to Bentonville beat the number one team in Kansas Northside and Fort Smith Northside and Prairie Grove won in Oklahoma and Rogers won in Missouri. So I don't think that we had a complete sweep of the out of state teams. And as we talked about before we were recording that it's it's very common, especially for the NWA teams to play some teams out of Oklahoma or Missouri. That happens just about every year in non-conference. But 
what a what a what a weekend what a friday night uh, for the in-state teams in the state <clears throat> definitely and you know like we said before you know uh, the fort smith schools have always played podo and the regional teams and the northwest arkansas teams fayetteville's played rockhurst and teams out of uh, jefferson county and you know uh, missouri and kansas area but it's nice to see you know bentonville west of you know, five-year program gets to be, <clears throat> you know, highlighted on ESPN playing the defending state champion in Broken Arrow, and, you know, they hung with them, you know, so that was impressive to start with, and now, you know, we got Bryant, PA, and Greenwood. They are right now our three flagship programs when it comes to Arkansas, and it's nice for them to step out of state and start playing these schools. You know, Greenwood played Choctaw and had a little sluggish game, and they closed that one out, but for PA and Bryant, like someone said on the radio, it's not, it's time for them to step up and make that regional, you know, make them a regional program instead of just a top state program. And Bryant, you know, hung with them. I mean, they come back down late and won the game 44-40, like you said. And then, you know, PA with all their turnovers still took care of business. So it's good to see these schools. And even in the times of the what we're going through right now, playing the high caliber teams are coming out on top. But yes, they only had one loss. Arkansas teams only have one loss. That was Sand Springs over Shallow was the only loss that Arkansas suffered to the out-of-state competition. Well, and speaking of being at the game, you might not be there this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From the game spreads to the totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's also the online casino as well, which never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-on bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And uh, before we get into our second segment, we're going to have Curtis Hogsports.com talking about uh, the game this week with Georgia and also going to give us a basketball update. Uh, of course, the uh, season will be starting on November 25th. We heard that last week. And so we're going to talk about where a couple of uh, recruits possibly. We've got two guys committed in the tw- in the 2021 class. We're going to ask them about some guys that we can also look out for. But are you going to be covering any games this week for high school? Yes, I will be at the Greenwood Parkview game. Uh, that's going to be a big, big marquee game. Greenwood, I think they were overlooking – uh, Choctaw, because Choctaw had played two other Arkansas opponents prior and, and, and lost both of them. So they're overlooking this huge matchup with, with Landon Rogers and Parkview. So I will definitely be in attendance to that game. Yeah, I think we, uh, with Rocktown, of course, for those that, the listeners that don't know, uh, I also uh, help cover my one of my best friends uh, out of the central Arkansas area is a photographer, and he's been running Rocktown Sports, formerly the North Little Rock Times, and he takes pictures of all of various teams around the central Arkansas area. And I've been helping him with some stories this year. And as I mentioned, we were at Bryant Trinity Christian this past Friday, this Friday, we're going to be at North Little Rock for North Little Rock and central. And I think the week after that, uh, we've got Benton against Parkview. Uh, I think that one's at Benton, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I'll finally get my chance to see. Uh, I've talked with Brad Bolding already a couple times this year, uh, the head coach at Parkview, but still haven't had a chance to see Aaron Outley and Landon Rogers and James Joyner, uh, the three stud. Division one, two of those three obviously are committed to the Razorbacks right now, and hopefully James Joyner will be on board before too long. But, uh, but man, it's just it, it has already just been an action-packed uh, high school. You know, it's, I know that – Around the surrounding states, Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas tends to not get, in many ways, whether it be college or high school, we tend to not get a whole lot of respect. But, uh, you know, through the first three, four weeks of the season, I guess we're about three weeks in now, 
as we talked about it, it's just uh, really, I don't want to say it couldn't have been any better, but it's a very strong start. And I think it's going to be a great, uh, it's a great foreshadow of what's going to happen for the rest of the year. Yeah. We're a small state, you know, we're not a big state. We're not known for, you know, piping out a lot of D1 talent. And I think the basketball scene's starting to really pick up. Well, we're starting to get that respect out of our, I mean, look at our recruiting class in basketball this year. A lot of it's in-state talent. And I think once we, it's it's almost like when you talk about the football program in Arkansas, once you start winning, you'll get the respect. And I think once Arkansas starts getting some of these three, four-star kids that start going to Arkansas or four or five-star, you start, you know, popping out these kids, you know, 10, 11 a year, you're starting going to gain that respect. But man, it's hard when, when you're surrounded by Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. I mean, you're kind of like off in the shadows a little bit when it comes to, you know, respect of high school. And because and, there's so much recruiting that comes out of Louisiana, Texas, and Oklahoma, it's kind of kind of not fair for Arkansas. Definitely. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and go to a quick break. And as soon as we get back, Curtis Wilkerson from hogsports.com will be joining us. Stay tuned. We will be back in just one sec. The Hog Talk podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Since 2008, Workman's Travel Center has made it their statement to provide a clean, friendly, and professional environment for their customers. With three locations in Rudy, Ozark, and their newest location in Lowell, Workman's offers a variety of merchandise and quality food, including the Rise and Shine Breakfast, the Hilltop Special, desserts, and much, much more. Visit their website at workmanstravelcenters.com to learn more. Workman's Travel Center, where we are more than convenient. We're back on episode number 123 of the Hog Talk podcast, and we are now joined by 247 Sports, hogsports.com, Curtis Wilkerson. And Curtis, I know we had you on about a month ago, a little longer than that maybe, but you started with Hog Sports in June, so I've uh, been at it for a few months now. And how does it feel for you to finally get to this point where when you started, you're just basically talking about recruiting news and whatever you can find with, with the updates and all that. But now that we actually have some real football to talk about and basketball coming November 25th, which we'll get into as well, how are you feeling? I, I tell you what, man, it, it feels unbelievable. You know, you hit it on the head when I started with Trey and Danny and those guys, you you know, all the talk was about, yeah, I don't, I don't think football is going to happen in 2020. And, you know, we, we didn't know if we were going to have a basketball season and everything was still locked down. So, you know, just the fact that we've had a couple, I guess maybe three weeks now, of some college football and the SEC season is getting ready to start with the Razorbacks and everything. Uh, it, it feels really good. I feel like I've actually started the job now. So with the, NCAA keeping on pushing back the dead period. I mean, how has that affected like your coverage and what you're able to do and really affected the coaches and their contact with these kids? Yeah, it's definitely affected the coaches more than me. You know, I'm, I'm still able to reach out and keep up some good dialogue with these guys. You know, they're, they're still able to talk to the coaches and, and they're doing the virtual meetings on zoom and things like that. So you know, really, it's been interesting to hear how all those things have been going from some recruits. You know, every one of these schools 
is trying to get a leg up on the next one. So it seems like every time a prospect talks to a different school, they're, you know, coming up with a, a new sales pitch and some different innovative things that they're able to do with that Zoom technology. Uh, so it's been really interesting to see how that goes. I know as far as coaches are concerned, uh, the most difficult thing for those guys is just not being able to get out, get into the gym and see these guys in person. That's where the best evaluations come from. Uh, so they're going to be taking some chances, you know, as it, as it goes through the recruiting process here. Uh, and it goes basketball, football, everything. You know, Sam Pittman, the other day, we had him in the press conference and he was saying, hey, you know, with this dead period being pushed back, we might have guys who signed to play at the University of Arkansas that haven't set foot on our campus and, and that I haven't met in person. So it's definitely a crazy time with all this stuff going on. Hey, Curtis, this week, Sam Pittman's former team, the Georgia Bulldogs, come in, the ranked number four currently, at least as we're recording this. They've got a lot of youth on offense. Now, Jamie Newman obviously opted out, and they've got JT Daniels going to be lining up under center. They're replacing three offensive linemen, two of whom were first-round picks back in April, but they've got 65% of their defense returning. There's probably no coach outside of the Georgia staff that knows this team better than Sam Pittman. Do you think that he can come up with a game plan to make this competitive, or does Arkansas just not have the talent and depth to keep up? I, I think I think both of those things can be true, honestly. You know, like you said, Sam Pittman's obviously very familiar with what's going on over at Georgia, especially uh, in terms of what Kirby Smart does, and and he's obviously very familiar with the personnel. So uh, that can only be an advantage, you know, when it comes to your game preparations. And then, you know, you think about guys like Scott Fountain, who are also heavily involved in that, and then Barry Odom, who comes over from Missouri, and, and he coached and prepared for Georgia uh, for all four seasons that he was there. So I do think that, you know, the Arkansas staff is a lot more familiar with who Georgia has and what they're going to be doing, you know, as compared to the flip side of that. So I do think that'll be helpful. And I could see this being a situation where, you know, Arkansas comes out and, and they do have a strong game plan uh, in terms of what they want to accomplish. But like you said, at the end of the day, uh, there is a talent gap there. And, and I do think the depth is going to be the key factor. Uh, you know, hope to see Arkansas cover, hope to see them show some improvement from where they were the last time we saw them on the field. Uh, but you wonder at the end of the day if they're going to be able to keep up for four quarters. Well, it seems like Georgia, you know, coming into the season, you know, they were going to have their quarterback controversy with Jamie Newman and JT Daniels. Well, Jamie Newman decided to opt out and now it was clear favorite. Now they're going to prep for JT Daniels. Now from from Dog Nation, they're talking about DeWan Mathis might be the go guy. So how do you think that will help Arkansas? Because, you know, Kirby Smart doesn't really have his QB1 ready for week one yet. He hasn't decided if it's JT Daniels or Dewan Mathis. So how how is that going to help Arkansas? Yeah, you know, I that's that's an interesting question. You you wonder if JT Daniels, you know, obviously he's still coming back from that injury. Um, I don't know if he's been cleared for full contact yet. I know they anticipate that he will. But you've got to imagine, you know, if, if he's out there, he's going to have to shake off some rust. So uh, maybe that's a situation where Arkansas can can get a little bit opportunistic early uh, and see if they can run him into some mistakes. And then with Mathis, you know, obviously a, a redshirt freshman, not a lot of tape on him, not a lot that you can do in terms of preparation. But again, another young guy coming in who obviously is uber talented. There's no doubt about that. But you know, young guys who are getting some of their first experience, especially in the SEC, 
they can be prone to making some mistakes early on. So, you know, I think if there is a benefit there for Arkansas, obviously it's going to be difficult to try to have a, a solid game plan in for two different guys possibly. But uh, when you have one guy that, that hasn't played in a year because of injury and one who's, you know, just kind of cracking the egg in terms of getting some experience, you might be able to force them into some mistakes early on. Piggybacking off of defense, we we had to come up with a game plan. Our defense was historically bad last season, but there's quite a bit of quality depth on paper. Some of the freshmen and sophomores on defensive line in the secondary were four stars coming into the program out of high school. Do you expect either one of those groups to emerge? And, and I guess it's kind of a two-part question. Do you expect either one of those groups to emerge in a big way? And also, how concerned are you about the depth at linebacker? Yeah, you know, with the defensive line, I – all I've been hearing about how well those guys have been doing throughout camp. They've been drawing the most rave reviews and, you know, looking at it up front, just in terms of the size that the Razorbacks have now, they just match up better in the SEC than they have in years past. So, you know, you think about a guy like Jonathan Marshall, hopefully he's going to take a step forward. Uh, You know, obviously he's been a valuable rotation piece, but now he's going to be relied on as a starter and a captain. So can he take that step forward? Obviously, everyone's excited about Xavier Kelly coming over from Clemson. Uh, he's never really played one of those extended, expanded roles, but you know, there's no doubt that the things he's been able to learn from a just a, a championship pedigree that he gets from a program like Clemson, uh, that's going to pay dividends for the Razorbacks. You know, you hear good things about guys like Julius Coates and Dorian Gerald coming back from injury, and then it sounds like there's some pretty decent depth there. So I, I do think the defensive line is going to be improved. I like what I'm hearing about the secondary, you know, uh, bringing over a guy like Jerry Jacobs from Arkansas State, who sounds like he's had a really solid camp and is going to provide some depth. And then having a guy like Jalen Catalan, who hopefully, you know, knock on wood, will be able to stay injury free this season and, and be a contributor to go along with everyone that's coming back. So I do think there's some some reasons for cautious optimism there. But you're right about the linebackers. You just wonder what's going to happen with the depth. You know, you have a good start with a guy like Bumper Pool, 94 tackles last year. He could be a guy that could sneak into that all-SEC conversation with a big season, but then the question becomes, who's going to help after him? So, you know, immediately you think about guys like Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry, who have played roles in the past. Are they going to be able to really take a step forward and, and really – cement themselves as SEC caliber linebackers who are going to be, you know, counted on for a high number of reps. I, I don't know. I hope so. Uh, you know, Levi Draper, the grad transfer from Oklahoma, he's a guy that was brought over uh, to make an impact. But, you know, we haven't really seen that so far in his career at Oklahoma. Can he take a step forward? Uh, you know, other guys that have been getting some good publicity throughout camp, uh, you think about Andrew Parker, Deion Edwards, those are names that have been mentioned most frequently. Uh, so, you know, the possibility exists. They could develop some nice depth there, but there's a lot of question marks and a lot of what ifs. And ultimately, I think that's going to be the deciding factor on whether or not this Razorback team uh, has a, a defense that's that's just capable of, of being competitive uh, or if we're going to see, you know, some of the struggles that we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, and speaking of depth, we'll, we'll switch over to the other side of the ball and talk about the tight end groups. I mean, we've been getting a lot of – me and Kyle talked about last week about, you know, the switching of back and forth between blade and toll, defense, and tight end. And it, it was kind of alarming to me that, you know, are they trying to get a two tight end set for the blocking to help the O-line out? I mean, there's just a lot of questions with that tight end position and what they're trying to do 
to fit in with, you know, Browse's offense and, and what Sam Pittman's wanting to do with the offense this year. Yeah, that, that does seem a little bit concerning. You know, I, I do think they feel good about Hudson Henry in terms of what he brings as a pass catcher and an athlete. And, and that's no surprise. Um, and then as a redshirt freshman, there's probably some concern about his ability to block um, on a consistent basis. So, you know, you, you've heard Pittman and Bryles talk about how they want to be able to, to roll out a 12 personnel with one back and two tight ends. But to do that, you got to have a guy who's going to be able to sit in there and block. So, uh, you know, coming into the season, you kind of thought that might be a guy like Blake Kern who has, you know, the experience has put on the weight and really has been known as a blocker. Maybe he fills that role, but yeah, when you're rotating guys in and out from different positions on what seems like a daily basis, uh, it's been interesting to see. It sounds like Blaine Toll has done a nice job over there. And then most recently, you know, they moved the freshman offensive lineman, Marcus Henderson, uh, over into that position. And you wondered if, you know, maybe that was going to be just a temporary thing where he's there for a few days to help with depth. Uh, but he's been there for well over a week now. So, uh, and, and in listening to Sam Pittman, it sounds like that's something that could stick. So, uh, you know, hopefully somebody emerges from that group. But, yeah, I, I'd have to say that depth is definitely a concern right there. Staying on the offensive side of the ball, Rakeem Boyd could possibly be the best back coming back to the SEC this season. But behind him, we're really just looking for somebody to step up. Arizona State transfer, Traylon Smith, has gotten a lot of praise, expect, is expected to fill the role. But could it be T.J. Hammonds' chance to finally shine after all these years? I think he's been on campus since 2010. No, joking. But <laughs> uh, but Or also Amante Spivey. Uh, I know that they also – I can't remember his name. You'll have to refresh my memory. But I know that – I think I mentioned it last week. But they brought in a guy from the track team or that's like a track star. I think his name's Josh something. But do you, who, do, who do you expect to possibly fill that role if it's not maybe – you again, it's expected to be Traylon Smith, but who do you feel just from what you're hearing? Yeah, you know, I, I'd say right now that Amante Spivey is, is probably in the best position for that. Um, you know, hopefully he can take a step forward after a freshman season where he didn't really see a lot of playing time. Uh, you think about some of those other guys. I mean, TJ Hammonds coming into the season was someone that I was really intrigued by. Is You know, is he finally going to get that opportunity – to really carve out and, and just have a consistent role. Well, he might, but he's been moved over to receiver, and it sounds like he's done a really good job there. And I don't know that he's even taking reps with the running backs anymore. So uh, maybe he can find a role out there in the slot. And then you think about, uh, you know, other guys at that running back position. Obviously, freshman Dominique Johnson, kind of more of a big bruising back. Uh, but then you mentioned the, the track star that came over, Josh Oglesby. So uh, he's a really interesting name. And a guy that had a great start to camp. Sounds like he had a little setback, um, you know, maybe in terms of injury or something along those lines. But, you know, he's a guy that brings world-class speed to the backfield. And it sounds like he's got some toughness. And, and it's just, it's not a guy that, you know, is just a sprinter that's never played football before that you brought over. I mean, this is a guy that played high school football in Texas. And I believe he was committed, I want to say, to BYU uh, I think so. Somebody over there to play football. So he's got the experience and the track record. He knows what he's doing. And if he could be a guy that could just bring a change of pace as, you know, kind of a scat back, that'd be a really interesting name to watch uh, in that backfield. And then also maybe as a, as a return man on special teams. So yeah, Josh Oglesby is the guy you were talking about there. That's right. I couldn't remember his last name. I know that I had mentioned him either on last week's pod or the week before, but 
all these names just to tend to slip my mind, but well, we'll switch over to basketball. And uh, the last time that you and I talked on here, Isaiah Joe had announced that he was coming back. And since that time he has reentered the draft. Well, they still have a talented roster, but do you feel that this team can possibly still get to the round of 32? Let's just say the advance uh, past the round of 64 into the round of 32, or maybe even get to the sweet 16 for the first time in 25 years. You know, I, I really do. I really do. Obviously, that'll be a little bit more of an uphill climb without having a guy like Isaiah Joe. But, you know, the the depth is unquestioned with this team. You know, they've, they've got 11 guys who are going to be currently, you know, scholarship players that are eligible right now. Obviously, um, Abiyomi Imiola is going to be out for a little while with the ACL tear. He might actually be able to come back in the second semester, but everyone else is good to go. And, and all those guys really have an opportunity to crack the rotation. So, you definitely like the depth there, the versatility that they bring to the floor. There's added size. You would think they'll be better uh, from a rebounding standpoint. You know, really the question I have with this group is is you look around the roster right now without Isaiah Joe, who's going to be that go-to guy? You know, when the team needs someone to create a play and get a bucket down the stretch, who's that going to be? You know, can can Moses Moody emerge as a freshman and take over that role? Could it be a guy like, uh, a grad transfer and Vance Jackson, you know, is, is Desi Sills ready to emerge? Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see, you know, in, in the first couple games there coming down the stretch, who's got the ball in their hands. Yeah, and it seems like with the basketball program, the videos that we've been watching, we've been seeing a lot more energy. And I think the basketball program and the football program are in the same category of trying to get these guys bought in to this change in this new system and the new coaches. And I'm very impressed with the players and their excitement, especially with all the freshmen coming in. They, they really seem to, that they have bought into this system underneath Musselman, and I, I'm really excited to watch them play come November. Yeah, I, I've got to say that I am too. You know, it obviously things change once games start. You know, right now going through practices and things like that, it's it's all about building chemistry and camaraderie and everyone's just really excited to be on the court and being able to work. And, you know, there's a lot of promise for the season ahead. You know, what will be the question is what happens when game time starts and, and, you know, inevitably there's going to be a few guys who uh, probably aren't playing as much as they want to play. You know, what's going to happen if Arkansas takes their first loss or maybe loses a couple in a row, uh, keeping those guys bought in at that point is really going to be the challenge, you know, and, and Musselman's philosophy in the past has been, hey, I want to have, you know, a number of guys on scholarship who are sit-out transfers, you know, and that's that's going to shorten my bench. But what it's going to mean is that most guys who are eligible to play will play. So you're not going to have as many sad faces there at the end of the bench. Well, not necessarily the case this season. I'm, I'm really curious to see how he handles that. I have no doubt he'll do a good job, but it's definitely something to watch. And as we close out here, Curtis, uh, last time, again, going back to when we had had you on previously, I, we had talked about some recruiting, and I wanted to mention now, you know, we've got the 34th ranked class uh, per 247 with Chance Moore, and oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher his name. I always, I, Actually, you might know it. How do you pronounce Akul, Akul's name, his last yeah, name? 
yeah, a cool wine. Is, okay, so is, I, as I, I've heard it, now it, that very well may not be right, but so okay, well at least if 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 that's correct, then I've been correct for the first time. I, I've luckily Bebe uh, is the nickname of the guy that you mentioned with the ACL because I still can't can't pronounce his name. <laughs> but uh, with with those two guys with with uh, a cool and chance, you've got the 34th ranked class per 247. Who are some guys uh, right now that are on your radar that could possibly maybe not commit immediately, but they're looking very promising for the Hogs. Yeah, you know, there's there's a number of guys left, and it, it's crazy how many guys have already come off of the board uh, in this 2021 class. But, you know, really, I've, I've been taking a look at four guys pretty closely. Uh, most recently on Friday, Alex Fudge, 6'8", uh, 185-pound Ford, um, four-star guy, top 50 guy. He released his top 10 list and included the Razorbacks on that. Now, with that being said, there's there's been a lot of traction lately between him and LSU. I, I think his family has some ties to Louisiana, so we'll see what happens there. A, a lot left to play out. Uh, you think about a guy like Trey Alexander over from Heritage Hall just down the road in Oklahoma. Uh, sounds like the Sooners have kind of been in the lead for that, but he likes Arkansas, man. So uh, there's a good relationship there between him and the coaching staff. I, I think you know the Hogs might not be in the lead right now, but they're probably going to be in it until the end, and you never know what happens there. So we'll keep an, AM, uh, keep an eye on that name. And then two others, uh, you have Jonathan Lawson, so 6'6", small forward, top 150 guy out of Memphis. Uh, he released his top five. He's committing, I, I believe, sometime within the next month was his plan. Uh, Arkansas is very much in the mix there. I think the team to keep the closest eye on with them is Oregon. Uh, I believe his brother plays over there for the Ducks, so – uh, that's a name. And then Caleb Washington, another 6'6", small forward. If, if you're seeing the common theme here with size and length, you know, we know that's what Musselman likes. But Washington included the Hogs in his top 10. That's a that's another top 150 guy, Georgia native. So uh, I would say those are probably the names to keep the closest eye on now. But you have no idea what's going to happen here in the next few months. And then obviously, you know, once we get towards the end of the season, that transfer portal opens up every single name that comes in it will be linked to the hogs. So looking forward to that. Well, and let's talk about the in-state talent for a second. And with all this dead period stuff going on, I mean, it's very key that they're starting to get this in-state talent and they're already starting to get ones for 21s. How, how important is it to still solidify in-state talent coming up? And also how important was it that Musselman was the, able to lock in the in-state talent that he did for this year? Yeah, being able to do that was huge. Uh, I, I think that really, really set the tone for what he's going to be able to do in terms of recruiting at the University of Arkansas. And now's the time to do it. Um, I would say, you know, just the the, the volume uh, and the overall amount of high-end talent that's starting to come through the state of Arkansas uh, is something that we haven't seen on a consistent basis in a long time. You know, 2020 was really a fantastic year. 2021 is a little bit down. Uh, not as many guys. You think about a guy like Jalen Ricks, uh, who's down at Oak Hill Academy now, is probably one to keep an eye on. And he's probably, you know, really the only one in this 2021 class. But, man, when you get to 2022, it's absolutely loaded. You know, there's going to be four guys who I think are, are no-brainer, top 100-type guys. And uh, Khalil Ware, Nick Smith Jr., Darian Ford, and Joseph Pinion. And, you know, if you can, if you could pull all four of those guys, or, or even three out of four, you're really in a good spot. And in 2023, obviously a lot of evaluation to go on there, but you know, one guy that really stands out, uh, I think ahead of the crowd right now 
is Little Rock Central guard Bryson Warren. A really, really talented point guard. I I think he's a guy that's going to be pushing top 50, maybe even five-star status if he continues to develop. I got to see him last weekend. He's really good. So a lot of talent coming through the natural state, no doubt about it. We've been talking with Curtis Wilkerson from hogsports.com, 247 Sports. And Curtis, man, really appreciate all the info again. I know that we are just stoked. We're at the point we're recording. Well, I guess at the point it drops, we're about four days or five days away around that range to game day. And really appreciate your insight, as always, my man. It's great catching up with you. Hey, absolutely. Anytime, fellas. I appreciate it. Well, that will do it for episode number 123. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. For Porter Hayes, Curtis Wilkerson, my name's Kyle Sutherland. We'll catch you next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.